card for me. <laughs> Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I am Michael. And today we have a very, very special guest with us, Mr. David Kilduff, travel guru, Transpor- um, ground transportation, ground guru. transportation guru, the man with the master plan. So Eric, kick it off because I know you have this burning desire to talk about car rentals. Well, we're like, we're, I want to be like, obviously we know ground transportation, right? Like that, that's our wheelhouse. So we're going to do like a deep dive into the ground transportation industry, COVID-19, who's going to make it, who's not going to make it, what companies are doing to survive. And, um, you know, while we know ground transportation, Michael and I, we don't know a lot about car rentals. So we kind of want to use this as an education opportunity. And I think our listeners would appreciate David's point of view on car rental because he covers all sorts of ground transportation. So I guess the first question would be, I think the first question is, David, how did you get started in this industry? Most yeah. people want to get out of ground travel, but, <laughs> but, but, but they pulled you back in. Like, what, what, how did you get started? Yeah, give us did your you history. you always want to be in, in ground transportation uh, since you were you know, in college? Start with the beginning of your journey. Sure. Um, what's interesting about that is I've lectured my son not to get into ground transportation. Um, that being said, I'm stuck. You know, I'm, I'm here from the early 80s. Uh, I was—I actually had a construction company, believe it or not, Monterey, California. I interviewed for a job at Hertz in San Francisco as a sales rep. Got it. Oakland was my first territory, which is, you know, they, they get you tough, Oakland. And uh, became a regional sales manager. And then when Ford bought Hertz, I became a vice president, moved to Detroit, moved my family from the San Francisco Bay Area. And by the way, I'd never been to Detroit. Uh, so it was a little bit of shock because my offices were downtown. So, you know, as I arrived into town, my boss hands me USA Today. And it said, 10 more cities in America to live in, number one, Detroit. Wow. As I'm driving, he's driving me downtown, right? I'm thinking, oh, my God, what have I done to my family? I mean, you know, houses had been burned. It looked like a war had gone on there. And I had never seen anything like that. That being said, living in the suburbs, Michigan's a gorgeous state, great suburbs, and I actually enjoyed it. My youngest daughter was born there, uh, Jenny, and um, then Hertz moved me to Chicago, and they combined that area. I had everything from New Jersey down before, ended up with 17 states. I was a division vice president for Hertz for 15 years, worked there 21 years, came out, and was kind of wondering what was I going to do next? Should I get out of, you know, ground transportation? Should I get out of the travel industry? And uh, Mike Bolt uh, came to me uh, and said, hey, uh, he was at Rose and Blues. They had just merged with American Express and right. said, hey, nobody's done ground transportation. We're all doing air and hotel. And what, you- year, what year was this? This was probably 17 years ago, 16, okay. after a little bit after 9-11. And um, I said, absolutely, there's a business in it, right? Um, and so started the first ground transportation business uh, at American Express. Did that for several years, left, went over to CD, uh, CWT, did the same thing, created theirs. They didn't have one, right? Then I went out. So on when my you own say, time. hold on, hold on one second. When you say you created ground transportation sourcing, what is what does that mean? So what what we did at American Express. Let's go back to the beginning, right? So what we did is we teach corporations, we consult with them how to negotiate, put an RFP out, and look at what car rental companies are doing. So literally, how the process works is we put an RFP out. We take a year to two years of the prior data and totally rebuild it in an Excel data model, right? Every transaction that happens. Same thing with the chauffeur business, by the way. Um, you take, you know, as many reports as you can get. The chauffeur business is very different because in the rent car business, you've got three really, you know, you got Hertz, Avis, Enterprise, National. Hertz no more. Hertz no more. Yeah, no, well, we're going we're to get to we'll that. Talk about that. <laughs> yeah. In the chauffeur business, you might have five of them that have reports, and there's another hundred where they don't get any information, right, that the employees just use. So then we put all that together. We rebuild from the agreements, and then we go out and negotiate. 
for the next one, two, or three years going forward. Everything that is negotiable, everything from liability coverage to all the car classes to one ways to VIP programs, you know, we negotiate all that, right? right. Um, so then we went over to CWT, same thing. Um, and I built that. I was a business owner there. I was a, an, an employee and a business owner. I, I got a certain amount of percentage. You'd call it commission. Uh, that's what I, I was a consultant at American Express. Then about 2010, I went out on my own. And I consulted with shuttle companies, bus companies, uh, Addison Lee Flight Time, uh, where I was uh, consulting as a senior uh, vice president of business development at Flight Time, as an example. And, and we're, we're, fan, we're big fans of Tim. We're big fans yeah. of Tim. Big shout out uh, to Tim Rose. What's up, He's, what's up Tim? Great yeah, guy. Great, fan. awesome guy. He's, we still stay in touch. Uh, Although, you know, like the rest of you, he's down there in Florida and there's not a lot of convention business anymore. So. Yeah, but he's still in Florida and we're in cold. cold. Yeah, true. You know. true. You're, you're Chicago, right? You're in yeah, Chicago, Chicago now? Yeah, we're he, Long Island. He's like, winning. He's winning. 100%. He is winning. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. So then I went on my own where I did both. I, I did uh, uh, large companies. I did the rent-a-car. I've done chauffeur. And currently, I am uh, consulting to BCD, uh, where I'm their SME and ground. Uh, but I still have my business, uh, DK Consulting Group. And you still you write too, right? So you're you're a writer, yeah. Yeah, I've I've been for God, I'm gonna guess five years. Business Travel IQ out of the UK. I was their uh, ground transportation editor. They got subsequently bought by BTN. Uh, I've been on tours with BTN talking about autonomous vehicle, actually AI going into autonomous vehicles and really, you know, what the future looks like. You know what I wanted to, you know what I wanted to talk about a bit? Um, how I, maybe, maybe it was foresight, but with the hit, with, with what's going on with COVID now, how um, the, the big convention I don't think is going to be coming back. I think it's going to be those micro conventions and those micro meetings that BTN really pioneered where you have, you, they have in New York, they have in LA, they have in Chicago, they have in Nashville, they, Nashville. they have, they, they have all over the country, these, these micro buying sessions for suppliers and buyers. And then, um, you know, I don't see how those big conventions like the GBTA are going to come back when, you know, companies are not going to want to go and spend minimum a hundred grand to go get a booth to put up all their employees to go do not all in stuff. The next couple, not at least in the next couple of years. And, no, and, and I mean, that, you know, go ahead, Eric. No, 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 go, go for it. Go for it. So, yeah, I mean, if you really look at what's going on, I mean, I'm a numbers guy, right? That's what I do all day long. I'm in a huge project right now that's like 60 million rent a car. And all I do is look at numbers all day long, right? And when I go through those numbers, I see trends. Well, when I look at coronavirus, to me, it's a numbers game, right? There are certain many affected, there are certain many testing and we can see now that we've got what 2021 20, states back in an uptick right after they've done soft openings right the protests certainly aren't helping anything right that's hurting travel um you know i certainly i am not a guru i'm not none of the doctors i'm not a scientist but just from my viewpoint it looks like what you just said that this virus is going to be around forever now trace testing will certainly but uh, I think, sorry about that. Sorry. If you have to get that, it's fine. Good. No. Yeah, no, I just thought I turned it on. Plug it, that'll do it. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to where I I mean, the BTN groups, because I actually traveled all through the United States and into Canada, I did it for a year and a half almost. Those are fabulous groups. They uh, are. Very concentrated because suppliers. Big shout out to Lou. Lou at BTN. Yeah, oh, Lou's a good buddy. Um, uh, they did a great job on it, and David, who runs it, um, a fabulous job because it's not a bunch of suppliers there. The yes. only suppliers that are allowed are the ones that are, you know, that are sponsoring. That's it. You've got thirty. Very concentrated education. Great content. So yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I got to tell you. 
we went to GBTA. We never did these big trade shows. We never believed in it. Our father, especially, he just was yeah. not into GBTA, the limo show. You know, our dad was old school and he didn't want to be a part of GBTA. And then when, when he passed, we did GBTA in um, San Diego and then we did GBTA in Chicago. And we felt that the, the buyer space was so every other booth was a limousine service, right? So you're competing with every other limousine service in every other state around America. Um, it was stupid. Then when we sponsored a BTN event in Chicago, that made the difference. And then when we started going to these BTN uh, conferences, like we did BTN Innovate last year, it was a mini GBTA with just us there. Right. And it, it made the difference. It, it was face to face. We paid to be there. We paid right. to sponsor it. Sure. And it made the difference where GBTA, you're a, in my opinion, nothing against GBTA. You're a, line, they're, you're a, they're you're a great a, organization. You're a line item, but it, it truly you're is. You're a line item and you're a needle in a haystack in, in that convention. But it's, it's, what you, it's what you make of it. It's what connections you build before you go. Right. And, and it's and, also and it's, meeting your current clients and meeting right. old, old friends. There, there is value in all of it. 100%. I don't, yes. I don't, yes. I, don't, I don't see how that mega convention is, is going to be worthwhile right now. No, I think it's, it's, there's a couple things, right? I don't think you can bring a large group of people, not now, and I don't know when. So even then, it's going to be reduced, right? Yeah. Secondly, I mean, I've gone to GBTA for, oh, my God, 20-something years plus. It's a beehive. And to your point, it used to be where right word. years ago, you could go just walk into a tent. You could walk up to somebody and talk to them. And now it's a madhouse. You have to have appointments. Yep. And really to get in front of anybody is just, you, you have to know somebody to know somebody to get an appointment. Yep. Uh, and, and even then you can't set many because they're far apart. Um, it's just, it's great education. It, 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 it's good for somebody. I think you have to show up just to show up, but your ROI is not very good. That's 100%. And yeah, people I mean, aren't going to be spending 100 grand. I'm sorry, Eric, go ahead. It's, yeah. it's, to, to us, it's the holistic picture. If right. you're not going to have a social media game, you're not going to have a good GPTA. If you're right. not going to have a sales team that's constantly in touch with these people throughout the year, you're not going to have a GPTA. If you're just going to go to GPTA as a, as a supplier and say, hey, I'm here. I'm a limo service in Chicago. No one's going to know you. If if you're if you're not get it's it's all the whole year culminates to a GBTA, right? And right. those smaller BTN events, they they kind of I found work, more. They, I found better like, for us. Yeah. They they work in tandem though with GBTA because you actually get an opportunity to meet them at the smaller events, and then when right. you see them at the GBTA event, it's it's the familiarity, and then they see you online, and then they see you all like none of this is a secret. It takes work. There, right. there, there, there's no doubt about it, but um, it's for ground travel services that have one city, you know, and, and they're, they're trying to compete in, in the global marketplace. Um, I don't see it working to be honest. I, I really don't. I mean, I couldn't imagine having one city going to GBTA once a year and getting a hundred stacks of business cards. It just, you know, yeah, I don't find it as beneficial on the ROI is, you know, we did that one year. It was back in like when I came into the company, I came in 2000 and it, I said it was my a waste dad, of time like, because we didn't, it was a waste of time. Right. Yeah. We had, we had a booth. We sent, you know, two people there and it was like, yes, we came, they came back with, my dad always said, so they came people. back with a stack of business cards, which translated to nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, when I was at Hertz, you know, we spent a tremendous amount of money to be right there up front. But honestly, we didn't get any business out of it. It's all what we learned was how our salespeople were doing because, you know, certainly the customers would come up and we had great giveaways, so we sucked them in. And, you know, quite frankly, we would hear how our salespeople were doing, whether they were covering the counter went. But getting new business, absolutely not. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you a real quick story, and I love that we're talking about this now. We sponsored this uh, BTN. It was a dinner last night, the uh, travel, travel Manager of the Year. Travel Manager of the Year, which – In Chicago. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Was, you were there? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you looked familiar. Yeah. It was, this, it was this wonderful event in this, like, Beauty and the Beast-type hall setting in Chicago. It was so cool, and it was every buyer there, right, and, and us, okay? 
And there was a woman, I'm not going to reveal her name because she's a client now and we don't like to reveal clients um, unless they're okay with it. But there was a woman there and she walked by me and I saw her name tag. And it was something that my son was obsessed with. It was a, um, you know, a, don't, a don't product. Think, no, no, yeah. I'm not saying shit. Believe me, I'm not saying. It was a product <laughs> that my son loves, okay? Like obsessed with. So I looked at her tag and I said, you know, my son is obsessed with your product. And she goes, oh my God. That, she, you know, she had a drink in her hand, completely let down her guard. I'm like, you know, by the way, I own a global ground travel service. She's like, I'm interested. She says, I've been going to these things for 20 years and no one has ever came and approached me and said, where I work, my son, you know, my son is obsessed yeah, with it. You it was so natural. It wasn't like, I'm a sales guy, you know, you like can. it was nothing like that. You can strike lightning in a bottle sometimes at these. That happened at the, twice that at, night, by at the, the way. At these events. Right. But, um, you know, like you have to have a good pickup game. There was to, a food order, corporation. There was, yeah. a food, there was a food corporation, a travel manager for a food company. And I said, I, I and my brother up, walked up and I he walked says, up to them I lost and I'm 80 like, pounds eating your cheeseburgers. Yep. <laughs> I got a, and we got it. We got the account. You know? <laughs> I, got, I got a similar story. Okay. I'm at ACT in, I think it was Atlanta, right? Yeah. And it was really hot. It was summertime or something. Anyway, just had a break. I was super thirsty. I got an ice cold Diet Coke. So I sit down. We're in one of the educational forums. And I am just guzzling this, you know, Diet Coke. Like, oh, my God, I love this Diet Coke, right? The person next to me goes, I work for Coca-Cola. Right? So funny. And same thing, struck the relationship. Yep. And got, you know, ended up, uh, it was beneficial, but pure luck. Right? We sure. got business. We got business walking up to people saying, I love your video game, right? Like it was a video game maker. I, I play your video game every single night with my brother. And she's like, oh, really? I'm like, by the way, I own a global car service. We'd love to work with right. you. She's like, here's my card. Call me. And, and it didn't work at the booths. The booths. It was, it was, every, it was everything but the booth. It was yeah. everything but the booth. It's exactly right. Yeah. That's After exactly hours, right. You can do more. hundred percent. After hours. Um, you know, when you're out just being you, right? Yes. Yep. I, I think people have their guards up. You know, they're there to get goodies, get a little information. Um, if they are out to bid, yeah, they'll take your car and it might benefit. But, I mean, I certainly don't – I am not saying uh, not go to GBTA, but I think the GBTAs of the world are going to change. If this 100%. coronavirus yeah. is around as long as everybody says, you know, minimum like three years. You got to um, go. You, you it, have it's going to gonna go. look different. It's got to look different. Um, and unfortunately for GBTA, they make a ton of money on that floor, right? That's where 80% of their income comes in. So yeah. GBTA is going to have to change. And that's, uh, it's just a fact. I think everything's going to change. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to modify. They're going to go to the micro conventions. They're going to have 200 buyers and a thousand people come in to one right. hotel. They're not going to leave the place. It's going to be for one day only. And it's, it works. It's going to be successful, but you know, it's, it's not, it's that two hours that you're on the show floor means nothing. It's the 364 days a year leading up to that, that you have to build up your game to, 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 to nail it down there. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So we have to go back to rent a car because yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, so, we, we want to focus on that. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, no. So, so uh, regarding Renicar COVID nineteen, I mean, what's the, what do you think? What's going on now, and and what's the next year of Renicar going to look like? Because you know the the Renicar companies do not look healthy right now. Well, go, going into it, so I mean, the economy was doing obviously extremely well before COVID nineteen. At that time, both Hertz and Avis had a lot of debt. Uh, Hertz more so. Right, um, Hertz unfortunately uh, had a VC come in, buy them, put a tremendous amount of debt on them, and then they subsequently had CEOs that just did not work from the business, didn't know how to run the business, and ran the business into the ground in the next several years. National Enterprise benefiting from it greatly. During that time, that 10 plus year period, EHI, which is, you know, National Enterprise Holdings, uh, the National Enterprise brand just blew up, grew uh, tremendously. We're today, they're like $26 billion and have somewhere around 2 million cars. That's more than all rent-a-car companies combined. Hertz was just chugging along and was having 
financial problems in the best of times. So there was no way if the environment changed, which the environment didn't just change, it fell off a cliff, right? right? And that's just not sustainable. Now that being said, Hertz, and we right now we have Hertz and Advantage in Chapter 11. It's not seven, but it's 11, which means they have the ability to restructure. They have the ability to negotiate whom they owe money to, right? Oddly enough, um, because I thought uh, they were going to be knocked off the stock exchange. Oddly enough, they weren't, and they ended up selling 500 more shares. And they actually, if you would have invested in them two weeks ago, I think they Ten grand. Ten yeah. grand in Hertz that day they declared bankruptcy. Yeah. Ten measly thousand dollars, which is you know a lot of money to some people, not a lot of money to us. Yeah. It would be like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, or like no way. really, yeah. no yeah. more. I think. I think it's more. Yeah. I think it's like eight hundred grand or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. The stock shot up. The stock Why? shot up to six because it's okay. the stock market. Because nobody gets it except five people on planet Earth. Well, there's a few people that think it's just like Robin Hooders, you know. A lot of day traders that are that did it. Um, there's actually people not quite understanding it, uh, but you know, Hertz ended up releasing 500,000 new shares, which almost makes it worthless, right? So, I mean, you could go out there and throw money into it and hope that it doesn't get delisted, but you know, it's a danger. That being said, um, it's uh, end of the day, Hertz has a great client base. It's uh, one of the best names in the business, right? So nobody's going to let that go under. Um, it's, it's not something that would go away. That being said, the entire industry, uh, Avis has a bit of debt. Enterprise has uh, probably 1.8 million cars that are just sitting in stadiums somewhere because there's just not that much. So you have a massive amount of fixed costs and the business is just not coming in. Okay. It's just not. Um, they're not as bad as chauffeurs. Um, like someone like Enterprise has some government contracts and their city network, the Enterprise locations, those are still doing business, remember, because that's auto replacement, right? When your car's being repaired and that type of thing. So that's still going. Well, Hertz has a little of that. Avis has a tiny bit of that. But just the regular public, I think a little's picking up with the states that are opening on leisure travel, but corporate travel, pretty dead. Yeah. That being said, as corporations start coming back, regional travel, okay, I think, you know, right now there's a problem, at least perceived problem, about getting on an airplane. Because even 60% full is not CDC safe. You know, a guy with the empty seat, you can still take your right arm and slap him in the face. That's right. not coronavirus safe, right? And I think a lot of perception is I'm not going to fly. However, if you're in Chicago, you can drive to Detroit, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. Um, you can drive down to Florida if you want, right? There's a lot of opportunity right. for ground transportation to, to fill that gap, whether it's chauffeur or car. Right. In the top five questions on any RFP that I've ever filled out or have my team and I have filled out has been, have you ever declared bankruptcy? Hertz is going to have to answer yes to that now. Yes, they are. Do you feel that the corporate business, when it does come back, is going to migrate from Hertz to, you know, enterprise? Well, years ago, I can't remember what year, National Car Rental went bankrupt. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now they ended up getting bought by enterprise. Mm -hmm. So they, at the time of bankruptcy, had a lot of service issues. Okay. But remember, it was in a different environment. People were still traveling back then. Okay. They had a lot of service issues, but once they got bought, now look at them today. They are the industry leader. Sure. They're bigger, better than everybody out there. More profitable. Um, Enterprise is privately held by the Taylor Company, and they're very smart people. They've done well. However, they have massive amount of fixed costs. They've got millions of cars that are just sitting there not doing anything and have all that land that they have to pay for. But so do all car rental companies. So going forward, if when Hertz gets out of this, and they will, they're going to be debt free. How their service issues are, though, is questionable. Don't know. 
right? I mean, everything's questionable um, going forward. And the whole rent a car industry there, just the longer this goes, the more pain. But that goes for chauffeur companies too. You know that. So let's talk, let's talk chauffeured. I mean, you know, it's not coming back as quick as anybody hoped, obviously. And, you know, like you said, I think that car rental companies are in a little bit of a better spot because while they're down in revenue, they're still doing 800 million a year or or whatever, whatever number it is that whatever number that it is that they're doing, they still have some type of revenue coming in. You know, probably the the best limousine service in the world right now is doing a hundred rides a day. So, and that's, and that's no revenue. So, it's very questionable as to how, you know, I, I think that if, if corporate travel comes back now and it starts trickling up and it continues to trickle up, I think everybody's going to be fine. But if there is going to be a second wave of COVID, that is going, that is the wild card because everybody borrowed money now. Um, the question is, is everybody going to be able to borrow money again? That, that's, that's the problem. Well, I mean, I'll answer that in a couple ways. One, if you look at the airlines, the airlines were bailed out, okay? Car rental companies weren't. No. No were. Now, they did not, I mean, they didn't qualify for SBA loans or PPP, right? Because they're too big. Nor did they get the money that the airlines got. So they're in that position. But to your point, business-wise, they're a little better off. Chauffeur companies, on the other hand, you know, the SBA and the PPP loans came out and they just got improved as you and I know. Right. Uh, however, not everybody qualified for that. Not to mention, that's not a gift. Um, I find it, you know, how many, it, it's meant to bring employees back. Why would you bring employees back when you have zero revenue? You might bring a handful, but then the rest of it turns into a loan, right? And it's been, what, extended five years. But it's not forgiven. So, what happens six months from now, unless another package comes out, now you've got companies that are highly in debt. Um, they're more in debt. That, and I'm going to call it a Band-Aid because it's nothing but a Band-Aid if you're looking at a three-year period. It's a Band-Aid, um, it's a band-aid on, a, on like a cor- coronary artery. You know? Yeah, on, on a coronary yeah. I mean, what people don't understand is the chauffeur industry is made up of small businesses, right? And like most Americans, we're living in high debt. They were not highly profitable because you've got Uber and Lyft who've been subsidized for the last 10 years, decimating this industry. They don't play fair. Um, They don't have to drug and alcohol test. They don't have to do an FBI fingerprint background check. And they're pricing subsidized. That's how do you compete with that for a 10-year period? It's difficult. And it's actually amazing how long, the chauffeur industry has actually stood up against it because duty of care, thank God, is important to corporations. Uh, and that's, in my opinion, how it stood up. Going forward, I see a lot of chauffeur companies going out of business, uh, consolidation, and the longer this goes, once again, it's the same thing in the rent cars. Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be very different, but it's not going to be good long term. I agree. I agree. I think a lot of the companies that were leveraged before COVID happened um, are in really deep shit, you know, and the ones that bought other companies to get into different industries, uh, you know, they didn't do that with their own money because you don't, you don't make, make a lot of money. Make, yeah. You don't make that type of money in this business. You don't make that type of money in this industry where you could save up hundreds of millions of dollars and buy other companies. Everything is done with loans and debt. And um, I think it's stupid. It doesn't work. You know, right. it doesn't work, in our, especially in our industry. You have to play it so tight and so aggressive um, because uh, it's the, the margins are so slim. Sure. You know, you, and you the, the costs are, it's the costs are so high. The, the cost is right. astronomical, especially <laughs> when you're in New York and L.A. Right. Where, you know, you're paying what you're paying and then the overtime, then the double time. It's right. uh, and then the lawsuits and then the regulations and then COVID-19 and then COVID-19 <laughs> hit. Right. That's exactly right. right. So like these companies that go on these buying sprees because they have investor money, I don't see how they're getting out of it this. Has, it hasn't worked yet. Bringing, yeah. bringing investors into chauffeur One of the largest worked yet. One of the largest companies, we're not bad-mouthing anyone, but one of the largest companies is teetering. 
One of the largest companies in the world is teetering. In our in, industry. In our, in, in chauffeured ground. Well, and, I got news for you, in all ground transportation. How sure. would you like to be a bus guy right now? Forget it. I think buses aren't even moving. That equipment is so expensive. That that, that oh yeah, that, five hundred thousand for a, bu- a new bus. Yeah, that's sitting. And that and yeah. that's the that's the whole point. And that's what you know. We were just talking with a guy, and he was like, you know, he wanted to get educated on ground transportation and Uber and stuff like that. So we were we were just telling him that like, you know, to transport people costs money. It, oh, absolutely. It's expensive to transport people, especially one-to-one. That's why chauffeured car is considered right. a luxury. That's why 99% of those companies, they all say luxury chauffeured ground transportation because it's expensive. If you right. want cheap transportation, take a bus or a train or, right. walk, or walk or ride a bicycle. That right. is cheap transportation. Sure. I yeah. love how Uber made this luxury or on even, you, you go rent a car. You can go rent a car for $35 a day somewhere, $100 a day. That's pretty cheap transportation. But Uber right. is going in with these $8 rides that they're subsidizing, and it just it, it doesn't work. That, uh, that, and, and to preface, the only company that we could absolutely co- collectively bash is Uber and Lyft because they're just beyond beyond pathetic. What what they did to the industry? Listen, they didn't affect us in certain markets. We were right. we actually we increased our business in certain markets, but in Vegas, our business got hammered because it's all transient and it's all hotel work. So right. any of those companies that do hotel work, they got annihilated by Uber. I don't care who you are, I don't care the most luxurious brands in the world. There's people still Ubering cars. I think that's going to change. Um, but the hotels aren't even like they're opening up these hotels in Vegas, you know they're opening up one wing of the hotel for this. Like it's just, it, it's silly. And, and Uber, I don't, I honestly don't see how Uber's going to get out of this. You know, and everything now is about safety, right? Safety. It was, it was safety before, but now it's really, really about safety that the, right. you're getting out of a BLS car and you know, you didn't, you, you're not going to get COVID, right? Uber can't do that. The, the drivers are going to, yeah, that driver, driver owns the car. He's not going to, he's not going to clean that car in between ride in between an $8 ride. Good luck. Right. You know, I've, I don't even have the Uber app. Not yet. I own a car service. Okay. Yeah. Call me, call me an ass. Like I own a car service. You know, I use my own car service. I, I wouldn't put my kids in an Uber if we were stranded, you know, I would much sooner put them in a taxi. hundred percent. That, that's for damn sure. hundred percent. Yeah, I've always been an advocate of duty of care. It's like, why would you, would you ever get on an airplane where the pilot wasn't drug and alcohol tested or had an FBI fingerprint background? You wouldn't. Exactly. Best example. Best example. But but chauffeur car always gets the shit end of the stick, but it's guys like David and honestly this podcast too, where we're where it's it's educating clients on the importance of ground travel and it's not easy. You know, pricing car service, as you know, you do the RFPs. That this stuff is hard. Pricing art because it's unlimited it's unlimited. You can plan you can have five thousand rates. But let me tell you something, that one guy is going to that 5,001 rate group that you didn't plan for, and the rate is not going to be in your system, and it's not going to be gonna, And they're going to scream. And they're going to scream, and, and, they're, and, and it's, yeah. it's, that is the hardest part of consolidating ground travel is the pricing. Right. Because yeah, right. there's yeah. so many combinations, any right. combination. And right. you, can't, you can't police that. When it's a car rental, you, you're picking it from the airport. It's $35 a day. Go ahead. Sure. sure. You know? That's the. Uh, so, that's David, the, where do you see where do you see our industry? Like, where do you see, you see consolidation, um, specifically chauffeured car? I, I think that, and I want to jump back to Uber and Lyft because they impact this industry so much, right? Um, so back to your comments, um, I've heard from a lot of travel managers now because I, I've always said duty of care and. and I'm changing it now. I have duty of care and then duty of health and wellness. 100%. Health and wellness now is paramount, right? Because there is corporate liability. They are trying to decide that in the courts. How much is a corporation going to be liable when they send their employees out? Are they going to give them a choice? If they force them and they die uh, horribly, but if they die and get COVID-19, 
who's liable, right? Can they come back to the corporation? So corporations, there's not only that, there's the morality of it, right? I mean, you have to think of the morality of how you have to treat your people. That being said, you're going to have to pay attention to health and wellness duty of care going forward. Um, Uber and Lyft are going in, but to your point, guys, I write for a living, which we talked about, and if I'm going to write about Uber and Lyft, I ride them, right? And, I mean, I've gotten in three or four. I've got my blue gloves. I've got my mask on. And every one of them I've asked, do you clean after the ride? And they say no. No. Are you kidding? I mean, one of them laughed at me. So uh, even though they are, I'm sure they're telling their people to do, realistically, they're not. They're, you know, they've got a 10-minute ride. The next guy's five minutes away. Really? They're going to pull the car over and wash it? They're Wipe not. it down, right. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the reality of it. And Uber and Lyft have to answer that. Also, they're subsidized, right? And they've been losing billions. They're, they've been on the stock market. And actually, for the life of me, I don't understand how it's as high as it is. But the food service business is not profitable. They cannot continue at the pricing that they price to exist. They cannot continue to lose billions of dollars. They're actually getting into the rent-a-car business in Los Angeles and San Francisco. And once again, the deals that I've heard, I'm not going to give them away, are losses. So uh, I don't understand how you make money without raising pricing. But that, if you raise if you raise pricing, no, no one's going to use you. No one's going to oh, use right. it. They're going to go back. They're going to go back to the train and the bus. I've said this from day one, and we just we we were just we had um we were talking to a friend of ours uh, before we got on this podcast, and he said it because, probably because I said it to him a year ago. Uber has to close up everywhere. They have to Uber Lyft, and they need like five or six markets, right? The big ones: London, 10, New York, LA. 10, or, 10 markets: yeah, right. London, New York, LA. You know, Chicago, Miami, maybe Toronto, Washington, D.C., Paris, The Hong funny Kong. thing is – And funny that's about thing. it, right? And, and then they would be like a regular old chauffeured car service. Right, and then they would raise their rates. They'd be on demand in those top eight to ten cities around the world, and they would be – and, and their stock price would go up, and there would be return for the investors – but they like would two, they would do three, four hundred million dollars a year. They would no be, offense to Chattanooga. What the fuck is Uber doing in Chattanooga? You know, you know. I, I think it's a lovely place. I've never been, but like, why is Uber in in Savannah, Georgia? No offense right. to Savannah, Georgia. It's that's a gorgeous city. Why is there Uber there? You're not going to make money there. So, but this is the the divide and conquer. You know, Travis Kalanick's uh, claim to fame of of going uh, shoot first and ask questions later. They were shooting first, but it was backfiring on them. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, they were about a footprint, right? They were about bringing investors on. It's a pyramid thing, right? Bring investors. 100%. More money on the front as it's flowing out the back as fast as you're throwing. Actually, faster flowing out the back. Um, that being said, they've got to do something. But let's parlay into the chauffeur business. I, I, I think that the chauffeur business going forward, you're going to end up with the smartest and the best financial backed companies going forward. hundred percent. Somebody's going to survive. Always do. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just human nature, right? It's Darwinism. actually, If you look at it um, and those clients are going to shift, right? Cause service is still paramount in this business. You have to show up. Okay. That's paramount. That's it. You got to show up. That's exactly right. Duty of care and duty of health and wellness and if you nail those three, you're not only going to survive, but you're going to thrive. But it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. I think there's just going to be a lot less players. And somebody like yourselves that are you know, well financially backed, uh, doing things smart, uh, have a great opportunity to grow. So. No doubt. We smell, we smell blood in the water. You know, no, no doubt about that. And, and we're taking advantage of that. Um, so... You know, like you said, smart we picked company. up some. We picked up some wonderful salespeople in the worst crisis in the history of our country. Right. Um, we picked up these salespeople who have shaped and changed these mega corporations, but we're doing it the BLS way. We're not doing it. You know, success leaves clues, and clearly, these companies that are teetering on the brink of bankruptcy are not successful, right? So right. we're doing it the way we feel is going to be successful for us, and it's our business model. Right. And so far. It's not going to work. At, at, you know, there's a reason why the most successful car services are all mom and pops. 
right? There's, there's, a, there's a reason why family owned, family owned, fa- and, family owned and operated limousine services are going to be fine. And, and, and you can see it. You see it on LinkedIn. You hear the chatter in the industry. You hear it from one person, from one person to the other of what the companies are doing. And the guys who are all family owned, where they bought their own properties, their uncle is the CFO, you know, their, their aunt is doing the sales, their kids are in the business, the brother-in-law is the mechanic. Those services are, are going to be fine. And, I agree. And they're, and they're going to take over the ones that were leveraged that took on investor money. It's, investor money to become the next Hertz. But look yeah. at Hertz. All right. Exactly. Right? I mean, the debt you cannot, uh, if, especially going forward, if you're taking this debt on, it's debt, guys. I, don't care. I mean, the SBA money is debt, right? I mean, some of it's forgiven. I get that. But anything that's not forgiven is debt. And unless you have a good plan for that, either make hay with it or it helps just another rock to drown you as you jump off the side of the cliff. What do you think about social media in your industry, in our, in our industry? Do you, do you feel that the use of social media has helped your career? Do you feel it's hindered it? I mean, Eric and I have our own um, agreements and disagreements about social media, but I want to hear what you have to say about how social media affected you. Um, For me personally, I, I think it is an avenue for my voice, you know, and I think you guys, we've talked before um, where I've been criticized for hanging my hat on duty of care. I just, I just so firmly believe. You're hundred percent right though. That's the only thing that separates us from the beast. Exactly. Exactly. And that it's not that I, I realize the world's not fair. Right. And you could say that with Uber and Lyft, once again, going back, they're, they're playing on an unfair playing field, right? They're doing things they shouldn't, but they, they are, they are what they are. And you have to deal with that going forward long-term, they will not last the way they do. And whoever benefits are the people that are not taking on massive debt, but are being smart about the business and smart about what clients they take at what price they take it at and have a, business that may not be wildly profitable but profitable going forward listen i've always said you can make a great living owning a limousine service right you can you can you can live a great life but you're, you're not, not going to be a billionaire you're not going to be a billionaire no well i'm not going to be one so and, and that's fine but you know what travis kalanick became a billionaire because of uber right yes he did yeah he but he's he's obviously he struck lightning he struck lightning laws I mean, you know, quite frankly, out now broke laws, and um, he had he was a disruptor, uh, and he will go down and make a lot of money and get away with it, while a whole industry is almost being destroyed. That's the taxi and chauffeur industry. Rental car industry wasn't hurt that bad by it, quite frankly. No. Um, but certainly the chauffeur and taxi industry has. I heard a little. Di- I heard that that rental car did get affected by Uber. I mean, there's some company in in Los Angeles that they were they were really affected by Uber. Yeah, so, maybe smaller ones. Right. Uh, the big ones right. that took a lot of the one day business away, mm-hmm. which is not profitable. A rental car company can't charge enough for a one day rental. I mean, honestly, a, a car rental company would have to charge a hundred dollars a day to make money on a one day round. They make their money on the long-term business. Sure. So, um, but yeah, going forward, the whole industry is going to have to deal with this new normal, which nobody knows what it's going to look like. It may not be a U, it may not be a V, may not even be a W. Who the fuck knows? Don't know. I mean, those are some, for some reason, everybody wants to put it into those three categories. I'm not necessarily a guy who says that. I, I say the virus, trace testing, and certainly the vaccine will dictate all that. If you could, it, you, your voice now is going to be heard by the entire ground travel industry. What would you tell smaller companies? You know, if you know BLS is is one of the bigger guys, right? Like we have multiple locations. What could you tell a mom and pop in a one city location? What could you, you know, in in Chicago? Um, what would you tell them? What should they be doing for their clients, for their employees in the post-COVID era? Well, I mean, that's a really loaded question because um, you're talking about a vacuum that that question is asking. I don't know financially where they're at at the point of your question, right? 
Right. So, I mean, if they're okay at that point. Assuming they're going to survive, David. Okay. Assuming, that's, okay. assuming they're going to survive and right. you know, they own the building they're in, so they remortgage the building, they got their PPP money. What do you tell the mom and pop in the one city to do? You know? Well, back to your social media question, right? I, I would say use social media. And I would also say you know, you're going to need to create business, right? Because if you're relying and just sitting around waiting on business as it was pre-COVID-19, you're going to starve. You're going to have to go out and create business and right. bring in business. One from whatever business is out there, right? To get them to recognize who you are. But beyond that, create something that didn't exist before. That's, uh, we live by that creed, create, don't compete. Right. You know? And we have these people that compete with us. And all they're doing is just competing with themselves. It really, you know, everyone fills out an RFP. You give your best, but you create your own. You create uh, the market for what you're in. So I want to settle this debate right now. Uh -oh. Divider uh -oh. or no divider in the car? Oh, uh, divider to me. Uh, it's like not even questionable to me. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's just, what you know, how in good conscience could we go and send out a chauffeur that has three kids without every tool available to help keep him safe. Yeah, I, I'm gonna throw something out right now. I mean, everybody's talking about Black Lives Matter, chauffeur lives matter. Oh, that's good. Right, and, and they do. That's good. And in all fairness to chauffeurs, um, we don't know because I mean, human beings, here, here's one of the things I noticed, right? Is that young people, if, if you watch out there in this coronavirus, because they've been told they're not going to probably die, think they're impervious to this thing, right? And, and are going out there. They could have COVID-19 and be riding in that car and infect a chauffeur and him take it home to his family. So I think that that shield is excellent. Um, it's, a, it's a great idea. It's protection for both, by the way. And um, that I, I think it's a must. And, and not to mention more than that, mentally, I'm happier getting in the car. I'm not a hundred percent. I got that shield up. We can't figure out the company companies that don't want to put in divider. That's fine. And for their idiotic excuses to say why this divider shouldn't be in the cars. I mean, we didn't tell our clients, you know, don't you, you know, you shouldn't be using a company without a divider, but we're putting dividers in our cars. The other companies are saying, you shouldn't be using cars with dividers. Like, really? Like, like if people think you're going to stop someone from getting into a car with a divider, like, they're, they're moronic. Right. I, I, me personally, for my family, for Eric's family, I would only get into a car with a divider. We're right. doing what we would do for our families, right? And our clients, we're finding out now, are requesting them. Does this car have a divider? Right. That's picking me up at the airport. Right. This is the consensus of all of our clients. Now, maybe it's our industry that we're in that people are saying, I only want dividers, and the other guy's industry doesn't want dividers. But I ask a try. We got three questions uh, in the last two months that, you know, oh, we heard dividers weren't so good. And I said, question, our car pulls up to your house with a divider right now, and the other guy's car pulls up to your house without a divider. In the age of COVID, whose car do you get into? And they go, I would only use a car with a divider. We said, only I, that. I guess I mean, you answered your own question then. The most, I mean, the CDC recommends it. It's on the CDC recommendation list. The TLC recommends and the, it. And the TLC has approved manufacturers. Well, yeah. Well, then why do you, when you go to Whole Foods, is there a shield? Exactly. I mean, I mean because it does, doesn't work? I, yeah, I don't know. But it's, it it's good for the other guys. All right? It's good. You don't want dividers in your cars? Well, don't put it in. a cost issue, too? Why of course it's a cost it? issue. Whatever. I mean. Of course it's a cost issue. There are. Error on safety. Uh, once again, 100%. I'm a safety guy, you know. Uh, we've, done, we've done hundreds of phone calls, and we've showed the dividers to hundreds of clients, and only three questioned it. And we, and we, asked, we asked them that question. You, with a divider or without at your house right now? Oh, only with a divider. Okay, right. so you answer your own question. So we, we're batting 1,000 with, with the dividers. Right. So far, not one person has said, do not send me a car with a divider. It's unsafe. Right. No, no one. It's our, no, not one of our clients has done that. But well, I'm sure. Uh, I know some of them are removable. 
somebody wanted ours to. Are, yes. Our, ours, ours are too. It's a Velcro strap. It takes 30 seconds to take off. What about the chauffeur's right? Exactly. That's right. a, that, that's that's exactly. The virus moves forward. The virus doesn't move back. Okay? Right. And the people in the back of the car don't want to wear masks. They feel safe. And if they're not going to wear a mask and there's no shield, our driver can get sick. And that's well, not exactly. perfect. When a person gets into the car, they've got a mask because it's required, right? But now they want to make a phone call. Do you think they're not going to take the mask off? Take the passenger, the passengers, right. I, I would be surprised that the pa if passenger, you know, if it's a 50-50 shot of whether they're going to be wearing the mask or not. And right. that's why those dividers are there. And you're right. It's about the chauffeur's right. Well, let's go back to the statistics, right? World Health Organization says 1.3 million people are car killed every year in an automobile accident. So one, that's duty of care, right? But I always make human beings think they're not going to be the statistic, right? Sure. You would never get on an airplane if that there were that many crashes, right? On an right. airplane, many people killed. That's, if, that's if, the Uber statistic. That's the, I'm sorry, David, but that's the Uber statistic. I think like 8,000 cases of sexual harassment in Uber cars, right? Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. So I said, can you imagine Eric JetBlue, which we, we flow, we've flown so frequently. Only you know, three people a day get molested on our airplanes. On JetBlue flights. Yes, only three people a day. Everything's, yeah, right. everything's great. People are still using Uber. <laughs> 97% of the people are safe. 97% of the time, the plane's not going to crash. Right? That 3%, it's fine. Uh, it'll I mean, be here, fine. Here's, here's a white paper. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, Tell our audience where they can find you. Uh, give your LinkedIn. Give your, you know, where, where can our, our vendors connect with you? Where can, you know, our listeners connect with you if they would like to retain your services? Go for the gold. Advertise yourself. Sure. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. A um, couple of my articles are there. Uh, the others are in business travel IQ. If you uh, go to, and I actually don't know if the site's still up. I would assume it is, right? But it's the internet. So everything still lives out there in the internet. Sure. Um, I mean, I say just go to LinkedIn because I have everything there. Because okay. I have my phone number there. I have my email there. You can see it all on my, on my LinkedIn. I don't have a website. Never have. I've gone word of mouth. It's amazing. Um, and I have, yeah. I've That's amazing. It all, so. Well, David, thank you for coming. David, that was great. It was Thank a pleasure. you. And um, hang out for one second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign off. But like, Everybody like, subscribe, share. leave comments down below, share this with all the other ground transportation gurus in our industry. Thank you all. Be safe. Peace out, everybody. Thanks, Later. guys. Bye-bye.